We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Here comes the blitz. Down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome to the Pride Podcast, episode 265 on the Blue Warrior Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre. Boys, it is Victory Monday, two consecutive weeks. How are we feeling? Feeling great, man. We knocked out the Packers. We knocked out the Bears. Our uh, Bears were away. Dan Campbell got his first away win I'm, I'm good bro let's go my dog okuda balled out malcolm how are you bro Woo! what is going on man yo no, not, a, not a visual pot shooting something to the stars they can't see it dude <laughs> let's go man let's go man yo that was an ugly ass game it was disgusting like ugh. like it was bad but we came out with the win, man. It was one of those scrappy games. We came out with the win. Those are the I think those games are, are important. I think teams have to go through that. So I was I'm excited, man. I'm glad we got that dub. It's victory Monday. We celebrating that victory Monday. We beat the Bears. I mean, this is this is a good feeling right now, man. Yeah. So so Absolutely. the Lions accomplished history in this game that they have not done in a very long time. So a lot of stats to, to read off here, a lot of accomplishments to read off here. So yep. like Pierce said, Dan Campbell, first road win under his tenure under the Lions. Let's go. Another big one. Lions down 14 points or more in the fourth quarter. Last time they've won a game, 1993 versus the Minnesota Vikings. So that's the first time for a lot of Lions fans seeing this team overcome a 14-point or more lead in the fourth quarter and winning that game. Let's go. So – that's, Wait, that's a question. So Matthew Stafford, when he had those fourth quarter comebacks, he was never down by 14 and won a game? Not in the fourth quarter, at least. Yeah. I mean, we've had we've had crazy comebacks like the Atlanta game. We were down 21-0 at half, but they were not down 14, 14 points or more going into the fourth quarter. I thought I, I could have sworn that clocket game that you had against Dallas was they were down more by by 14, but maybe it was 
you know, just the second half situation. Yeah, I, I'm flabbergasted about that stat, man. That's a very right. interesting stat. I, I personally didn't know that. That's yeah, what I, told me. I didn't know it too until I saw the stat on the screen. So, credits to Fox uh, showing that stat. And then also another one. That was the Lions' first pick six since 2018. Darius Slay versus the Arizona Cardinals is the last pick six that the Lions have had. So four years ago was the Lions' last pick six, and they had it on Sunday. And who better? Who better than Jeff Okuda? The guy has dealt with so much controversy over this fan base. So many fans saying they were done with him. And the guy just has had a bounce-back year overall. So that's definitely uh, one big positive to take out of this season that has been – more dreadful of a season than good, but if there's one thing to really take out is that that number cor- that corner number one, Jeff Akuda, he's looking like Hefe, as they as they like to call him. He's he's been looking like Hefe. Let Hefe cook is like as they like to say. And like if you basically look at the games he's played in his career, I think he's only played like right now in 17 or 18 games from So he's still like he hasn't even reached his like potential yet. He he if he like stays healthy. He he could be a great corner in like a year or two. Yeah. Could, like this is basically his rookie year. I kind of look at it like that because his first two years, you know, for me, first year was like it was Patricia. It was really bad. Second year it was a lost year. Th- this year is kind of like his year, and he's been balling out. You know, he had a rough game last week, but that happens. Bounce back this week. He's uh he's playing like the number three overall pick. And something to take with Jeff Okuda is because, like, I feel like we've heard this story so many freaking times. It's like, once this guy gets healthy, he's going to be fine and he's going to work out. But, like, how many times have we heard about a Lions athlete or just a Detroit athlete in general for all my Detroit sports fans? Like, you heard about an athlete who is young, who missed some significant time, and you're waiting for him to come back, but he just never turned out to be the guy you thought he was ever going to be or he just never came back in general. We've had that story happen so many freaking times to us. So to see it actually flip around and actually see the guy come back and bounce back and play well, it's just so refreshing to see. So big props to Jeff Okuda. He's having a hell of a year, and he had a hell of a game. So it's 19 games so far in his career. So it's a pretty – like he's he's played. And so it's a pretty like small sample size. And so far what we've seen from that small sample size is he's getting better and better and better, which yeah. is nice to see. You know what, man? I'm I'm actually I'm happy I'm happy for Jeff Okuda for this game, man. You know what? And this is something that I actually really wanted. I've been talking about this damn stat forever about this. One last time we got a pick six. One last time we get a we scored a touchdown on defense. I, I've been talking about this stat for like the past weeks, man. And you know Jeff Okuda does it. He does it. So that kudos to him for doing that, man. I mean that was a big play. It was a good, it was a good play. Now. I'm still not there ready to crown him as he's playing like number three overall pick. I'm I'm, I'm still not there yet. I'm still not there yet, but I, I like I like what he's doing, man. I like so far what he's doing. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he's getting better and better every game. It looks like he's gone his ups and downs through the season, but no, nah, man. I I think he's probably will never live up to the expectation of being the number three pick because it's just such a steep expectation at this point, and it's not fair to him because he didn't pick where he was drafted. But as long as he could be a good corner for me, be a good CB one. I'll take it. I don't really give a shit if he doesn't live up to the number three. I think he could live up. I think because, look, he's only 19 games in his career, man. And we've seen, like, we've seen him make plays every week. I feel like he could live up to it. It's just he's not going to happen overnight, though. You you need those snaps. You need that development. You need to play more. I mean, you just stay healthy and he'll get there. I think so. You you see it. You see flashes from people, though. That's the thing. I mean, nothing to get you for good. He's he's doing good. But I I still want to see 
coverage skills. I want to see. I mean, we've seen the PBUs, but like there's times where he gets lost and like he could have had two picks that game. He could have two picks. Kind of tough, but yeah. No, it, it, landed, it went right to him. But you no, know, just sometimes you get a little in, in coverage. I, I don't know. That that's the thing. But I just want to see more. I, I definitely. I'm still. I'm still at that point that I want to see more from Jeff. Malcolm, are you, at, give him. Are, you at, are you at least to the point where you feel confident where he could play the cornerback position now? Because I know you were one of the advocates of saying that you should move him to safety, and I think he'd be a help safety. I know you probably still believe that he'd be I, a help I, safety. I, I still, I, right but now, you, I still 100% believe that because I think he'll be a better player at safety than he would be at corner. But do you I, think that's a move that they should do, or do you think he's Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions right now, they don't have the option. They don't have the option. But I just think that, you know, if more corners come into this team – if you want to get the best out of Jeff Okuda, you put him to safety. I think that's where he's going to excel at. Like, get, like, the absolute, like, right now we're talking, like, even you said that, you see him, you don't see him reaching that, that that number three potential because he could be a good corner. But you put him at safety, he's going to be elite. He's going to be elite at that position. Like, 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 like elite. But nothing against Jeff. Jeff's still going to be good. I still think Jeff is good. still think he's a good player. Do I think he's going to be that elite player? I still don't see it yet. That's fair. I think that's fair. All right. Let's talk about the coaching and Dan Campbell because, you know, I'm not the biggest Dan Campbell guy. I've made it pretty obvious through the pod that I'm not a big Dan Campbell guy, but I would be naive to not give him credit over the last two weeks. He's pulled oh, out go. two wins and got his first road victory. And I'll say it. I didn't have anything to complain about Sunday. Last Sunday versus the Bears. Everything was, was good. <laughs> Everybody clicked was fine. So I would be naive. To just pass that and say, you know, congratulations. I'm impressed. Show me more. But I like it. Good step forward. I like it. I thought, I, you I know, like I, thought he was, I thought he was going to come out and say something about that. I was like, I said, what, what did he do? No, nothing. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> I like, wrong. I was like, wait, what the, did I miss something? What did Dan Campbell do? Nothing wrong this week. I yeah. was impressed. It's crazy how the nitpicking is going on right now, man. It is so crazy right now how the nitpicking. There's some people you go on Twitter, they're like, they, no matter what this man does, they just gonna go for the opposite. Okay, but what's the nitpicking this Sunday? Like, okay, I, I've been a guy who's been vocal, not a big Dan nit- Campbell guy, but what's the nitpicking this Sunday? What do you do wrong? The nitpicking, were the, angry, yeah, they were angry about him going for it that second time. They was like, take the three, the three points, Dan. Take the three no, points, I don't think. Wait, what, which one? Me- the one he, they were angry about was the time management and the half. He didn't use his timeouts. And then, you know how Lions had sort of good field position and God just threw it up. They're like, if he uses timeouts, man. whatever. I'm like, bro, that's not that deep, you know? And personally, guys, Tyler texted me. He's like, here, would you have gone for that? It was the fourth and uh, four. No, he, he kicked the four. He, yeah, he kicked the field goal. And look, and guys, look at that. And you won by one point. That field goal was huge. That field goal was humongous. But the very next the very next drive, he went for it on fourth down. But that was fourth and one, you know. That's, that's fourth a- and one. And that's I saw people on Twitter complain about that. Oh, that's They're different. I'm not, I, I'm not I'm I not I saw people complain about that. I was like, well, are you guys oh kidding me? See, I'm I'm not one of those people that say kick the field goal every single time. Context matters in every situation. Fourth yes. and four, absolutely not. Take the points, tie the game. Go with it. I asked What's your here. threshold? Three? Is it three yards or two? Fourth and three or fourth and two? What's your threshold? That's close. Probably fourth and two, honestly. It, Dep- it, well, it depends it, on the context. It, it depends on the context situation. as well. It's a situation. Like, like for example, that first time Dan Campbell went for it, it was a 3-0 game. 
So say if Dan Campbell, it was what, fourth and four? Yeah. All right, so say Dan Campbell went for it and they did not get it. Mm-hmm. And now the Bears have the ball again. They scored. Now you're down two possessions now versus you kick the, kick the extra point. I mean, kick the field goal is three points. No matter what they do, it's still a one-possession game. One so you yeah, still yeah. want to keep it. You still always want to keep it in that range, that one-possession one possession game. So that was a no-brainer. I didn't have a problem with him kicking field goal, but I prefer if he went for it. But I don't – I mean, I get it. It's not cool. Like, I didn't like – I was just thinking out. I was like, I personally would have gone for it, but he kicked the field goal. I'll take it. Like, I'll take the points. I don't yeah. – it's not if like I'm right. like saying, what are you doing, Campbell? No, I'm not. Yeah, no, if, if we went for it, you guys would have heard me say that today. You guys would have definitely heard me say this. If, if we definitely went, converted or not, I would have still questioned it. If we'd have went for it, it would have been it would have been a bad look. But if you would have converted, then it just is what it is. I mean, I would have still called it out because you know I'm I'm, I'm both ways. I even yeah. I called it last game. They won the game, and I still didn't agree with this fourth down yeah. decision to go. So at that point, that's just gambling. And at that point, I mean, he would have won the gamble if he would have got it. I mean, this is what it is. Yeah. No, I I think he clicked all the right buttons in that game, and I and I think overall. Since the bye week, outside of the Green Bay game, there hasn't been many games I look at it. I'm like, okay, I'm not really questioning him as much, like his decision-making, his game management, because that was my biggest knock on him. Like, guys, I want to buy into this guy. I think he's a great guy. I think he really does get these guys going. But as far as his game time management, I'm just not there yet with him. But have I seen progression since the bye week? I have. And that's a good sign. I I think that his game management has gotten better over the weeks. And that's one thing I want to see because year one, a lot of questionable things. I kind of gave him the pass. I'm like, I want to see what he'll do year two. But then we come into year two. We're five, six games into this. And it's just like, what are we doing? We're not we're not improving. It's the same mistakes that he's making from last year. And then I have to hear him come into the podium uh, right after the game and say, this one's on me. This one's on me. And, and to be totally honest with you, I was getting sick and tired of it. So to hear him not have to say that and they're actually resulting to wins, that's progression. And that's what I want to see this year. And that's what I've gotten the last two games. So I'm going to give it to Dan Campbell. He's been good. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners. It's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz Traders. Oz Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different setup codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Oz Traders. Number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know what else is progression, Tyler? You know what else is progression? Defense finishing games. Mm-hmm. That's progression. Green Bay... They finished it yesterday. I mean, shit. I actually, I was like, oh, shit. Justin Fields, did he get out of this freaking sack? No. Doing a car, gets back up. He got, like, he fell or something. He gets back up, and he literally holds on for dear life. Took a chunk of the kneecap. (laughs) Malcolm, he was holding on. I was like, damn, this guy is not letting go. He was, like, hugging him. You saw it. It was the the Dan Campbell speech, man. They knocked him down. He got up. He took a chunk of a kneecap. Knocked him down again. He got up, took another chunk of a kneecap. That's Malcolm, what he did. Malcolm, I'm gonna give you the free light. Go ahead. Say say what you want to say. Say the G word. Grit. Grit, goddammit. Grit. Yes, that's what it was, man. Nothing but grit. <laughs> that was, a, that was, was a gritty was, game. That was we, a gritty we, game. We, we have that one listener, Sensei. I love him. He always loves when Malcolm grit, goes man. grit. <laughs> grit, man. Grit. I love how he says it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, man. That's what, it, that's what it was, man. That, that, that whole drive is like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Julian, like, he was playing in his head. He was like, I'm going to knock him down. I'm going to fall down, and I'm going to get up and take a chunk of a kneecap. Uh-huh. For that's sure like, he was playing that. He played that whole thing in, in his head as that whole drive went. As he fell, got up, he was like, oh, this is the, this is when I'm going to get up and take a chunk of his kneecap. And so that's how it happened. And he just held him. Mm. You know, when I, when I watched this game, too, it's like a polar opposite of like a Detroit Lions game because everything the Chicago Bears did is what the Lions would do in a game. Miss an extra point for the lead to make it a seven-point game. Oof. Have nine penalties to cost you a game. Everything the Chicago Bears did in that game is something the Lions would usually do, but the Lions, I'll give them credit, and this goes into their head coach again. I'm going to give him more credit. He had his boys discipline. Only two penalties throughout the whole game. They played a nice, clean, disciplined game, and they weren't on the other side of all those penalties like the Chicago Bears were, which – if you were a Detroit Lions fan for a while, you guys know that they have lost many games because of penalties. And to see them on the other side of it and play a clean game, now will I say the Chicago Bears got hosed on a couple calls? Yeah, but do I give a shit? No, because we've been on the other side of it way too many times, so I'm not going to complain about it. You know what it was? A lot of it too, man. It, a lot of it goes to Aaron Glenn. Whoa, what a turn of events. I was shitting on this guy a lot this year, but now a lot of it goes to Aaron Glenn, man. He came with a really good, great plan. They actually didn't really spy, which is crazy, which is something that we talked about that they should do. I, I honestly only saw him do it twice. I'm not sure. Tyler, how many times did you see him spy? I, I, I see him do two drives. I saw, I saw like the first quarter only, and then after that, it kind of disappeared. I didn't even see like the whole first quarter. I saw, literally saw two drives, and then after that, they was like, look, we're just going to load up this right side, and we're going to force him. We're going to blitz him. Just pressure him and then force him to go left. 
And what that what that did is cause him to move around in the pocket. And yeah. the offensive lineman, when you when your quarterback is moving around all in the pocket, what happens to your offensive lineman? They're gonna start grabbing and holding and holding and grabbing. And that's what happened. That's that's what caused most of those penalties. Yeah. And to be fair, the spy wasn't really working all that well. It worked that one play with JD. It doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work at all with 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 the RPO, man. You can't. You can't. You, you, the spy can't really contain a quarterback if they have like designed runs. Those designed runs are lethal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't you can't. The, the spy. He's not. The, the, there's nothing he can do against that. And that's also another thing we can call progression because one thing we haven't seen, and I've called out with Aaron Glenn, is that the adjustment and within the game. You know, when something's not working. I have seen Aaron Glenn's inability to adjust in the game. And you could say that right there. That's an adjustment and ended up, I wouldn't necessarily say working, but they did as best as they could because they didn't really have an answer to stop Justin Fields' legs in this game, but they, they did the best they could. But, you know, the defense was still not great throughout the game. Justin Fields did really whatever he wanted with his legs, but kind of like what Pierre alluded to in the beginning is like when they needed to stop, they got the biggest stop of the game. They got at the end of the game and, that's all you could really ask for. You know, shit happens. The The Bears missed an extra point. They took advantage of it. They scored seven. Um, and then you forced Justin Fields to become a passer at that point. And we see how that goes. He's not a great passer in those type of situations. And uh, Lions defense stepped up and got a huge sack at the end of the game and won the game. Yeah. And, like, when you even look at the game, uh, they didn't – I thought they had a great game plan. But, honestly, I don't feel like the players always executed. They weren't always disciplined in their gaps. They were going – like – they weren't holding their gaps. Once Justin Fields would move, sometimes a player would move with him. And then, you know, that opens up a little opening. I thought the game plan was a great game plan. Um, towards the end, though, they were disciplined. You saw Hutch. Like, he basically kind of forced that interception. Yeah. Like, they trapped Fields. Basically, Fields had to throw it. He didn't throw it out. He forced his receiver. Okuda took it to the house, right? You look at that last – was it one of the last plays? I forgot which play it was. Uh, they also kind of Hutch also sort of contained his his side too. They were looking to run to the right, and Hutch was right there. And then just you get you see a swarm of the interior just go like right at it. And then you saw was a Bugs on that play? I forgot Bugs or Liam? I forgot. Um, I forgot which player it was. And then you see Aquara coming in, and then it's just it was game over. Yeah, I mean we saw two big miscues: the Cole Komet big play. Uh, completely wide open. Mike Hughes and Kirby Joseph. Kirby, it's a miscom- miscommunication. I think Kirby yeah, Joseph. It was Kirby. It was Kirby. It was Kirby that, that messed up on that. And then you had the I Justin Fields, you, yeah. like 60 plus yard rushing touchdown, which was insane. Uh, they missed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had guys take awful angles on that play. Like they were there. They were there. Yeah. They just took a bat or they missed the tackle. I mean, I don't know. They missed I a lot of tackle in that game. Yeah, I think AG had a great game plan. Honestly, I feel like if you had like some better personnel out there, probably you, it would be a lot closer. I mean, the Lions are defense is still like young or whatever, but I love the game plan, man. There was a great game plan. Honestly, it was kind of what we talked about too. You got to contain the edges and crush the interior. That's what they did. They literally – like the interior, they pushed that inside a lot yesterday. They got pressure. They pushed it inside. I also thought Hutch outside that Washington game had one of his best games uh, this week. He's yeah, been like, he's been really good since the bye week. You know, yeah, he, he, has. he had the Minnesota or he had the Washington game, like you said, but then he kind of slowed down a little bit, wasn't as effective. You had the Minnesota game when he had that little injury, then you had the Seattle game, um, and then the New England game. He was pretty ineffective, honestly. But then the bye week came around. Um, I thought he was really good in Dallas, was pretty solid in Miami. A little different. It was uh, hard to play Miami because they throw the ball so quickly. 
But then you saw these last two weeks, you know, he's came up big, had an interception versus Green Bay, and then you saw the game he had yesterday versus Chicago. I thought he was very effective and caused an interception, had a big sack, getting quarterback pressures. You know, I never understood the Hutchinson hate. I really didn't. I, I don't understand the some of the, the hate that he's got. And I understand he's a number two pick and he has high expectations, which is much deservedly so. But, like, what more do you want the guy to do? He's leading in every statistic as a rookie right now as an edge rusher. Like, he's not going to get a pressure every single play. That's just not how it works. And especially with who you have around him, that's just not how it works. No, I was about to say that. Yeah. Like, Unreal I don't, expectation. I don't understand it. Like, this, this, who, this fan base, man. It's, it's, it's not the fan base. It's actually like the net. There's like some like weird people that like hate him in the draft process. And they're just like, huh? Like, guys, guys, there's... you could have any edge rusher on this team. I'm not saying eight hunches better than all these guys, but like. They're going to do the same shit that he's doing right now. Maybe they're a little better. They'll do a little more than what he's doing. But, like, as a rookie in a not a great situation, what do you want him to do? He's making plays. There's no way nobody in the national media is saying that A.D. Hutchinson's a bust or anything like that. There's no way because he's leading in every statistic as far as rookies. It's not the national media. It's like, you know, these writers, like, they're not necessarily, like, verified, but they cover the draft and stuff or whatever. What is their argument? This is what they do. They nitpick a player to where Hutch fucks up, right? They, like, they, they, they literally nitpick. I know. But it's what they do. They're like, this is why I didn't like Hutch. I'll never think of it. Are you talking about that guy that he said, he says number two overall pick? Or is it, is that, that guy, guy and there's other people too. He's one that of guy, the guys. Yeah. I, mean, it, it, just, I don't even know who he is. I, mean, I don't guys, either. Guys, if you, look, if, if you want to look at the Vegas odds right now for rookie the, or defensive player, the defensive rookie of the year, I should say, he's number three in all those talks. You know, you got guys like Sauce Gardner's playing out of their mind who will probably win it, or you got that Woolen kid from Seattle they're, who they're both playing out of their mind right now. Yeah. But Aiden Hutchinson is right behind those guys. Any guy that you wanted the Lions to draft are probably not playing as effective as Aiden Hutchinson, and they're probably in better situations than Aiden Hutchinson right now. Trayvon Walker it ain't doing shit right now. I mean, no, I'm not no. saying he's not doing shit, but he's not as effective as Aiden Hutchinson. No, you're, you're right the first time. He, he, and then, then Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, he's been up and down. Lawrence and Leonard Williams, like, with him. You know, like, those two guys, we'll talk about that later in the week, but those two guys are dogs this year. They are both balling. And, and I like Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's going to be a fine player, and he is a good player. But, like, if you're nitpicking between that, it's just, like, there's they're very comparable at that point. So, I don't know. I don't understand the crowd – that's against Aiden Hutchinson right now. I, I just, I really don't. Is, is yeah, it really like I, I'm hearing is Michigan State fans? Is, is that what it is? Is, is, is that hatred? Is that hatred going that deep? Is, is that what's going on right now? I haven't really seen like MSU fans. I don't like a lot of people that didn't like the Hutch pick or they wanted Thibodeau. They, they like, like, I know like some. I, mean, I wanted Thibodeau. You guys know I wanted Thibodeau more than Hutchinson. It was close for me, but like I was leaning they, toward Thibodeau. They, 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 they hate Hutchinson that much? Like that's because they wanted Thibodeau? I, I don't. Are you sure it wasn't like somebody like Kyle Hamilton? Because I know people there was a huge Kyle Hamilton call. Well, absolutely, it can't be that argument. <laughs> I would say like, is it those group of people? I mean, you got the same. Is it, is it the Malik Willis people? Is it, is, is, well, it is, can't be those people either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who who's the people who hates this pick? Who did they want us? To, who did they, Who did they honestly want us to draft at that point? Bro, he's balling. In my opinion, he's balling. He's honestly like he's he's. You know, yesterday Chicago, I swear I saw him triple teamed on a couple. I swear I'm not lying to you. He was doubled. And he was doubled and chipped. They Chicago was doing everything in their power to trying to eliminate him out of the game. We're we're what week? Uh, ten. Going to ten. We're going to week eleven. 
on week eleven. Yeah, yeah, five, five and a half, five and a half. He, and we, we've had you know, we, we obviously had a bye week, so not you had a bye. Week. So I mean, he's on pace to get double digits, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. and if we said that before the season, your pre your preseason expectation for Aiden Hutchinson, what I would probably give you is anywhere from eight to ten. That's eight what I'd 10. say. That's that's yeah. what I would want out of him. And that's what he's on pace to do. That, that, that's what that's what most yeah. most rookies do their first year. Like what did what did Nick Bosick do his first year? I think like seven or something. Like, like seven. Yeah. I mean that's he's on pace. I mean I I don't get it. But that's the thing. This this is crazy, man. That's why. That's why I said the same thing is going to happen once you get a rookie quarterback. Once you get a rookie, you're going to hear the same chatter, the same chatter, the, the Nick picking. It just, yeah. I, it's just, this fan base is tarnished. I'll say this, man. Like when you have young players, that's in any sport, like whether it's basketball, hockey, football, and baseball, whatever sport it is, that player is, is like, he's, he's still like, he's just getting his feet wet, right? Like, for example, we just talked about Akuda. He's 19 games in, and we, we don't think he's reached ceiling. Uh, freaking Hutch is nine or eight or nine games. Nine huh? games. Hutch is nine games in this career, man. Like, let's chill out. Or eight games. The, 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 oh, no, the, the thing is, is that they, the, they're not patient, man. They don't have time to wait for this person to grow. They want this person. Like, if you draft Jeff Fukuda first or third, or third overall, they want that, that, that dude to come out looking like Sauce Gardner right now. You see how Sauce Gardner come in and straight in and just playing at a high level? That's what they want. If you draft a quarterback – they don't have time for this rookie quarterback to oh figure it out. No, this rookie quarterback better be a Justin Herbert come in and ball out his first year and do what he has to do. That's the, that, that's the expectations. Because if anything else, they're gonna call this guy a bus. I'm telling you. No matter I mean, what, they can no call what. it whatever they want, but in reality, if we're being realistic, you, very rarely you get a guy that gets drafted really high and just balls out his first year, right? I, like that's I, rare. I, we know that. We, I mean, we've seen it, but it's rare. They, like Matthew Stafford, his first year. It's his first two years was kind of I don't want to say trash, but he was always hurt. People Wait, were calling him Matthew Glassford. He's a boss. Just, blah blah he'll, blah. He'll just he'll just get hurt. That, that was his thing, right? But like he, people he were calling him a boss because he, he couldn't stay healthy. So yeah, but he had the talent. We they knew. Yeah, that, <laughs> then you know, two thousand two thousand eleven, he stays healthy and he has that monster year, forty one touchdowns and what, like twelve, thirteen picks, whatever it was. I forgot, but like right, it was, like, it was like sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah, I'm Whatever, I'm, yeah. I'm comparing Bosa to Aiden Hutchinson's rookie year. Yeah, Bosa nine sacks, one forced fumble, one interception. Aiden Hutchinson right now through nine games, five and a half sacks, one interception, zero forced fumble. So I mean, he's pretty much on track to have a very he, similar season, if not better. He, he's on track to have to be with the elites as far as their rookie year and just call it a day. But no, they want him to come in year one and. And be Nick Bosa right now, like two Nick Bosa right now. They want to get twenty and a half sacks. They want to get eighteen and a half sacks. They want a sack per game. That's that's the expectation. If not, oh, what is he doing? Look what he's doing this play. What is he doing in this play? Like, are um, you dip, like the people are nitpicking plays, man? Bosa had eighty pressures his rookie year, and Hutch is currently at twenty six. So Bosa is obviously a better player coming out, in my opinion. In my opinion, he was, but. I mean, bro, he, I, I'm not worried about Hodge because once you get uh, – Bosa also had, like, those guys next to him, DeForest Buckner, yeah, they, they, they had Eric Armstead. You know, when you had – What was, like, Miles Garrett, for example? I want to see what he did. I know he had yeah, seven sacks his rookie year, but how many pressures you. did he have? I'll pull it up for you right now. Give me I think a that's, a, that's a good comparison. Garrett is also – I mean, he's, they're two different players kind of, but I got you. But when was – what year was he drafted in? 2017. 2017. Uh, he had 37 pressures in 2017. Did he play all of his games, though? Played 11. 
Okay, so I so mean, Hutch, so Hutchinson's two games away from reaching that eleven game. It's mark. it. I don't know. It's it's people just nitpicking and just it's it's kind of an, like also man like not everyone develops at a rate that some guys do. Some guys take time. Some guys you know and the lines also has Hutch to do a lot. He plays inside. He plays outside. He has more responsibility. Some of these guys, they were just on the edge of their rookie years. And also, those guys have talent around them. You talk about Bosa, Armstead, Buckner. Who the hell does Hutch have? Isaiah Bugs. Isaiah but those guys are like <laughs> those guys are good players, but they're nose tackles, right? They're not like they're not like a pass rusher who could destroy the pocket. My, my, John, Michael Brockers for six games. <laughs> John Kaminsky, I mean, he was good, but ever since he he's playing with that cast, he just hasn't been as effective. I thought he was good yesterday, though, but it's just not a lot to work with right now with the D line. And they're, I mean, I like what AG is doing. He's getting the best out of these guys, honestly. Yeah. All right. You guys want to talk about this offense? And before that, I got to give a shout, shout out to Jared Davis. Gets called out from the Pride squad and he did not look lost yesterday. He balled out. I just had to give a shout out to Jared Davis. He did, he did really well. I mean, he spied yeah. a few plays and he did well. I almost got the interception. No, he, was, he almost forced the interception. He almost forced the interception. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he 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 was he was really good yesterday, man. Yeah, that that takes a lot, man. That takes a lot to be where he was at as far as like that his position because you know you, you look at Jared Davis, he's a former first overall, you know, first first round pick. Yeah, and to be humbled enough to say, okay, I'm gonna go to the practice squad and just take my role there, and then, and then now he's being elevated and makes a big play, man. That's that's cool to him, man. Because I think that takes a lot. They gave him good money, too. I believe they gave him half a million guaranteed for a Pride Squad player. So that's a lot for a Pride Squad guy. So money talks, too. But yeah, money talks, too. But I think, yeah, I I mean, think it's a humbling experience because, I mean, you, sure. as far as you looking back at your career, like, all right, I was a first-round pick. And now people I'm had my jerseys squad. at one point. <laughs> yeah, people had my jerseys at one point. Now I was doing interviews, and now I'm in the practice squad. Like, what? Like, that's crazy. For the same organization, too. That's like, that's like – that's like that's like uh you know a, a a star NBA player being benched to be like the seventh man, not even the sixth man, just like no, not even just going to the G League. <laughs> but it's like going to your your like team that you were like drafted high to. It's one thing if he did this with another team. It's like okay, these fans don't know who I really am. Like there's not really much expectation. But like Jared has the the history with the lines and like the fans know Jared Davis. Obviously, they drafted him the first yeah. round. And you have bozos like me. Hold up. I know this Wait, sounds does he terrible. Have, he has a jersey? I have a Jared oh. Davis signed 16 by 20 oh. photo just waiting here, chilling. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think he's going to be a stud. <laughs> you know that you know thing with the worst millions? Like, you thought he was going to be the next. I, I, I had this framed at one point. <laughs> you, had frame? you, had that. you had Jared Davis framed? <laughs> Yeah, back in 2018, I had this photo framed in my band cave. Well, not anymore. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, get this shit out of here!" Probably after like the, probably after like the six missed tackle, you're like, "Oh, get this shit out of here." That's funny. Uh... <laughs> it goes with this Andre Drummond sign or sign photo. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oof. Oh man! Why would you? I'm not. I don't, I don't talk about Andre Drummond the, the, right the, now. The Derek Davis one got got me, man. Oh wow! That is funny. Uh, I have Luke Kennard shown here. I can't pull it right now, but Luke Kennard's right there too. Yeah, so. we don't. Uh, yeah. We have some. We, we have some questionable decisions on what we hanged in the man cave. But, right? <laughs> what'd you say? 
It's all right. You're still learning too, Ty. You're t- you're learning with the man cave. Still. Learning so how to build. You, a, learning how to build a man cave. As you get more experience, as you get more experience, you'll you'll be better at picking out this. These, yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm at the point where I only invest into Hall of Famers now. <laughs> I only invest see? into Detroit no, Legends. No, no more get, of these prospects. Get, get rookies. Like I mean, like you don't know who's gonna break out, man. You, just like you thought Jerry Davis was gonna be that guy's gonna yeah, break I out. I did that. I did that. No, no yeah. more rookies. No, no more rookies. Hall of Fame. Detroit so you're Legends not doing like only. A, so no, no, I'm on raw. Absolutely not. Right now, right now. Not, not right now. No, I'm all right. Uh, Hayden Hutchinson not touching it right now. No, nope. no, you never do Hayden Hutchinson. I would love to. I was actually looking into it, but I'm like, I, I can't. No, I'm gonna jinx. I'm gonna jinx him. <laughs> I have Kenny Gallia up for here right now. That's a jinx. Oh my god. That's oh, yeah. my point. Like, I'm I'm jinxing these guys. So I'm, about- I'm not doing it until they're a legend. I, I I'll give you one for sure, guy. Get a JMO. Come on, he has to play the game. Yeah, I'm not I'm- touching that either. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but all jokes aside, though, man, like, yeah, kudos to Jared Davis, yes, but also, like, one guy I think who probably had the worst game, maybe worse than the Seattle game, Kirby Joseph. I mean, he's a rookie, though, he's gonna have his ups and downs, but his downs were down yesterday. He was, he was probably the we last week we said he's one of the best players on the field. This week, he was the worst player on the field, he was awful. You know what it was? I think it's because he's still so young and he just wants to make a play yeah. so bad. Yep. That that's what it was. It was him wanting to make a play so bad that he, um, you know, he misses. He just pretty much just misses assignment. Pretty much, he saw the he saw um he saw Justin Fields roll out and instead of just staying in his zone and getting the guy deep, he ran after Justin Fields and got burnt. And that's something that these guys are going to have to adjust to, obviously, too, because they had to play a different style of defense that they've been really playing since the bye week. You know, they had to switch it up this week because of the style of offense that the Chicago Bears had. And it's it's a little different from, you know, like what they had to do versus Green Bay. Their tendencies are different. So it's just it's tougher, especially when you don't have your lead captain out there in the secondary with Tracy Walker, who is the main communicator out there. It, yeah, that's definitely been a big knock to this defense and why you see the miscommunications and why you get plays like the Colcomet just butt naked wide open, I think they called it. Yeah, and then there was another player. His first play was really bad. Julian Aquara. Like it was one of the first plays that oh, Justin yeah, I was like, went off, but, this is gonna be a long game. But then after that man, I think Julian Aquara, he he balled out, man. He had two sacks. He was a force. He got some pressures. So shout out to Julian Aquara as well. <laughs> you know what it was? Uh, honestly, all jokes aside, I think it really was. I think the the speed of Justin Fields caught him for surprise. I think he wasn't prepared. Like he he came in prepared. Like all right, we're gonna contain this guy. And then when he saw him run, he was like, "Oh shit, this guy is fast! <laughs> like this guy is fast, fast!" And I think that's what that's that's it caught him for surprise. So I think it took all of them um, back from his speed because I think his speed like. Kind of caught all of them. Like they thought he was, they do it fast, but I don't think they thought he was that fast. Even Jeff Okuda said the same thing. Jeff Okuda was like, "Whoa, this dude got fast. Well, he got way faster from college." I didn't think I didn't think he was that fast, honestly. Either even yeah. coming into like, I yeah. know he, was, he ran a four four. I know he was yeah. fast, but yeah. like, four, four, dude, I mean, he, he looked doesn't like, look like a four. He does not look like a four four. That doesn't look like a four four. That like Vince Young, Lamar, like Mike Vick. He looked like that type of speed. I didn't think yeah, Jeff had that yeah. type of speed. Yeah, the He's way he fast, took man. off, where he ran for that 70, how many yards was that? 70 something? 70 it's like 60 something, yeah. 60 something? Yeah, man. That that that, that's, oh, man. that looked faster than 4 4, man. <laughs> I, have a, I have a confession. I started Justin Fields in fantasy this week, and it worked, but, you know, it, it hurt a little bit starting versus the Lions. 
See, this is why they can't play fantasy. You gotta do shit like that. It was so, stuff, stuff like the stuff like that that I cannot talk, I cannot I, I can't do it. Yeah, it was, it was I can't it. even I can't even draft these guys. I cannot draft like every time I play fantasy, I will never draft a Green Bay player. I'll never draft a a Bears player. I'll never I'll never draft a, a, a Vikings player. You have Justin Jefferson. I want to He's sitting there. He's sitting there, right there. I, no, I, I, right I, there. I, I played fantasy I with Malcolm. Not, the, the, the guy literally had a lineup of Matthew Stafford, T.J. Hawkinson, I think, and Marvin Jones. I traded him carry on Johnson because I knew he would want him. <laughs> I played fantasy with Malcolm. I took advantage of him. <laughs> uh, the, there's a reason why I don't play fantasy because I stopped playing it because when I whenever I played it, like I'd be invested in it and my t- like I'd do well for the most part, but then like I'd be rooting for guys that I don't really want to root for, teams I don't want to root for. Exactly, and there's also like I'd be getting mad at like I want to enjoy football. I don't. I don't care. I'd get. I'd be getting mad at players. It was just not good, man. So I stopped playing. Yeah, that that, that that's the thing. You got to you got to separate just the real with fantasy. You got to separate it. And I'm not good at. I'm not good at separating. I'm not good at separating real because I'm too invested into the real um, to separate that from the fantasy because fantasy. I don't care. I, I don't. I want those guys to lose. I want all the everybody in the division to do bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm good at that. It's I just all get, I hope they all get turf toes. I I love fantasy football. I can't. I can't. I don't. Have I did too, so bro. Argument. I loved it, but like, I swear, man, like, I'd be watching. It's like, yo, catch like. It feel like I'm watching a Lions game, but instead I'm rooting for these freaking players. And when they screw up, I cuss yeah. them out. When they do, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, I, I mean, my, yeah. thing, my thing now is gambling. Sports, sports gambling. Yes, yeah, sports betting. That's my thing now. That is yeah, not fantasy. my thing. I'll yeah, no, I can tell you that. That's not – I can't talk shit. I, I don't he won last – he, so. he won his lock of the week last week, but – He did. Man. We both lost. But woof, two seven and one peer. <laughs> hey, I'm six and three on my Lions. So you are six and three with the Lions picks. I'll give you that. That's what counts. I don't really study other games like that. That's why. But yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. But my options were Justin Fields or Derek Carr. Future Detroit Lions quarterback Derek Carr. And I, I can't. I couldn't trust Derek Carr. <laughs> well, you see how you slipped that in there? Hold up. Hold up. Did you see how you slipped that in there? Future Detroit Lions quarterback. Future Detroit Lions quarterback. We'll see Carr. about that. All right. I mean, let's slow down a little bit. But let's, let's just have I'm, the. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot of listeners be screaming there, screaming through the the, the, the headphones. Okay. Oh. Let, let's, let's, let's get into the offense. And I say let's have the com- like... let's have the conversation right now. I want to talk about Jared Goff. How do we replace this guy? Jared Goff. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm, I'm I, I put Jared Goff in that category of being microscope, just like uh, everybody's nitpicking the rookies. Yeah, I honestly feel like like I watched the last game and I had to watch it again because like I was hearing so negative stuff about Jared Goff's game last week that I was like, maybe I'm missing something. Let me go back and watch it again. Jared Goff wasn't that bad. Like he, he are, like people are nitpicking the play. Like it wasn't, oh, it wasn't he, bad. The, the play, the play, it didn't count. Oh, look at that play. The play, the play didn't count. It should have been picked off. It didn't count. Like why, why are we worried about play? It didn't count. What the hell happened to Trinity Benson on that play? He got uh, poked in the eye or something like that. He got no. I know he got poked in the throat, but what happened to his leg? Why did he fall down? Oh, I, he he was in crutches after the game. There, yeah, like, like what the hell happened? We don't know. It's we don't, we'll we'll find out. It was it was it was, it was it was it was the fact that he got poked in the throat and it, it trickled down to his yeah, how did it trickle down to his leg? Trickled down to his, his toes to the ankles and I don't know he fell. 
But Malcolm, to argue against your Jared Goff, these rookies are rookies. Jared Goff has played in ninety-two games. We kind of know what Goff is. Like he's like he's not gonna get better, and he's we, not like you know he know what his ceiling is. He is what he is at this point, and he's we, not. We, yeah, we get that, man. But the thing is, like you, you watching Jared Goff, and we're watching a game, and if you watch Jared Goff, Jared Goff could go his first six throws, he could be six for six, and then. He could have a one one underthrow right after that six for going six for six. He have an underthrow, and then you go on Twitter and get this guy my goddamn team. God, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of Jared Goff. I'm honest. That's how people are. I'm like, I'm like, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm at that point right now. I'm done with him. I, I see that. That's what I'm saying. Like, but like he'll you, go six. He'll go six for six, and then he'll have one underthrow right after that, and then it's like people lose their mind. And it's like, like I'm sitting back watching. Like, all right. I watched I watched Jared Goff the first two years, just like everybody watched Jared Goff the first two years here. Now, if you take Jared Goff's worst game and take Matthew Stafford's worst game, which one was worse? You can't compare the two. I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing talent. I'm just saying, as far as if you compare Matthew Stafford's worst game and you compare Jared Goff's worst game, which who had the worst game? I don't know, dude. But what, the point I'm trying what to make is Jared Goff's worst game, Philly. Probably, you could probably say the, the the New England game, maybe that or Philly, yeah. Either and or. then if you look at Matthew Stafford, you could say the Jets game because that's probably the the worst game I've seen in my life. Okay, that was a bad game, yeah, for Stafford. But the thing is, uh, this is stuff like that. I'm like, all right, when Matthew Stafford went through that, we didn't get even half of a reaction like that. But who is more consecutively bad, Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford? Who's more likely to bounce back? Who's more likely to bounce back? Like, who is more likely to come back next game and throw 350 and four touchdowns? Who Matthew carries Stafford. the team? Imagine Stafford with this running game. Who the hell carries a team without a running back? What is Jared Goff without a running game? He's trash. I haven't seen Jared Goff without a running game. I mean. <laughs> but, I mean, Jared Goff without a running game but has a Hall of Fame receiver? You say that? Uh, put that in that, in, in that context? Then maybe Jared Goff could have some success. I don't uh, regarding know. Calvin, okay, but like Stafford I mean, had. I, I, what, what I'm saying is that Jared Goff, he, Jared Goff, we, we know his problem is. Jared Goff, if he doesn't feel comfortable with the receiver that he, that he has on the field, he's not. He's gonna. He's gonna panic. Yeah. Because also, even, another because, problem is he's a statue in the pocket, and he his pocket <laughs> awareness is awful. He, he he is, and sometimes you know he is getting better. Like see, sometimes you see him stepping up in the pocket. It's not like he's doing it all the time. He, and the thing is, he knows that's what, that's his biggest one of his biggest flaws. So he's stepping in the pocket sometimes. But it's like Jared Goff. We know who Jared Goff is. He he's a he's a quarterback that needs he needs a number one receiver. That is who Jared Goff is. And he has a number one wide receiver, in my opinion. Well, Mar Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. No, I want to – because the thing with Amon Ross St. Brown, like, it, it, first of all, is Amon Ross St. Brown drawing the number one defender on him every play? He's in no. the slot. It's hard to do that. I mean, it, if, you're, if you're a number one receiver, man, they will follow you. They don't. They don't follow in the slot as much. I mean, if, if they don't follow him at all. I mean, they just pretty much play whoever side they're on. They, and they Ben Johnson does a good job moving around and getting him in favorable matchups as well. Okay, yeah. the, the the main argument is we know Jared Goff is average. Like he's very average. He, like, yeah, he, he he's well, again he's a guy that needs a number one receiver. Yeah, and he played well. He plays well when they if a team playing zone, he plays well. But if a team is playing man and he doesn't have a doesn't have a number one receiver, he's going to struggle. Yeah, this That's is the thing, is. Malcolm. But like That's who he is. when you look at Goff though and that thirty point one million dollar cap hit, I could pay like 
I, who, I don't know who else can be on. You, you, I can say someone. You can say, you can say, you can say Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Like no, no. How? Jacoby Brissett. Brissett, yes. Absolutely. Oh. Jacoby Brissett is trash, bro. Absolutely not. <laughs> Jared Goff uh, is not bad. You just say he's average. Like you, you, you're you, trying to put in bad quarterbacks a year. No, I, I did not say Jacoby Brissett. Tyler. You wouldn't need to put a, you don't need to put a guy like who, who Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Ooh, Kirk Cousins, but look what Jim, look, look, look what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing right now. Yeah, they can win when everything's right, but there's a reason why the Niners are doing everything possible to not have this guy be their quarterback. He just ends up being there because he has to be there, but they don't want him there. They really don't want him there. I guarantee you, right now, Trey Lance is healthy. Right now, Trey Lance is not see that field. Trey Lance how do you, how do you say that though? Because Trey Lance is ass juice. You played. He played <laughs> one game. <laughs> Jay, they're not they're not benching Jimmy Garoppolo. But then here's the yeah, thing: they though. did bench Jimmy Garoppolo though. Not right like, now, this I'm, year, because Trey Lance got hurt. He dislocated his leg. Of course, know, he has but, to come uh, in. It's start right. somebody. Go look at go look at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers, and you used to come back here and tell me that they will bench him if, if what's it called comes back they, this year. They, so say if Trey Lance was healthy today, yeah, do you think they're benching Jimmy Garoppolo right now? I yes. don't know. Probably. I think, I think I think no, I think Trey Lance would be starting. There's a reason why the San Francisco 49ers have not been able to win it. It's because Jimmy Garoppolo's hold, held them back both times. NFC championship, he mm-hmm. wasn't enough to get him through so, it. And then the Super Bowl, he didn't he would let me ask you a question. Let me, let me Trey Lance is not coming back this year, guys. I know no, he's, he's not. not he's, but I'm he's saying if he was, if he he's was that, he'd be playing right now. So why did they go all in this year for to, to bring in Christian McCaffrey to well, go it's in. It's not all in. this year. McCaffrey's under contract for a couple more years, so they have him for next year too. I know, but do they lose players? Not that I'm aware. Not anyone significant. So this is the same core players that they're bringing back next so the, year. So the, the same core players are going to be back next year. So, I mean, you got the same offense. Sure? So. O-line's in place. Debo's in place. They signed him. They what got, about, you, they what, got what, CMC. What, so they have everyone in place. What about, what about Bosa? Bosa's in place, and they have Fred Warner in place. So you they think got, Bosa's going to leave? Hell no. No, they got their guys. They got their main core. In they they their might core, lose some yeah. depth players, but the main core is intact. So this is not just a one-year thing with CMC. I, I, I know I know they're paying a lot of people right now, a lot of people on the contract, and they're going to be in cap hell soon. So That's why you got That's that rookie what, contract. That's why you got that Trey Lance contract. You do, but I just don't. But that's my point is that, like, they're doing everything possible to elevate that quarterback position, and the Lions have to get to that point where they have to do that as well. You could only go so far with these guys. Could you go to the playoffs with Jared Goff? Yes. Could you win a playoff game with Jared Goff? Probably. Yes. He's proved that. I'll say yes. Yeah, yeah, you can win a playoff game with Jared Goff. I just don't trust him if everything's not perfect for me to elevate him. I want a truck, as Peter would say. I want a truck. I want a guy and, that could elevate me when everything's not perfect. But you, you, just, then, need a number, you just need a number one receiver. And That's all. The, the, thing, the thing is, all he needs is a number one receiver. Like a guy that, like, like I get it. We got Marlon Say Brown, but Marlon Say Browns aren't really scared. Like really. How scary. much more are you invested in this receiving core? You spent. Uh, he, he, no, 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 no. The guy, the, the guy, like he just needs guys back. Like if he gets JMO, who projected to be a number one receiver, a guy who could take the top off the defense, a guy who could scare teams and not play cover one. See, but Malcolm, that, that's the problem. Like once one injury happens, like this thing is, he's okay, a whole that's different right. guy. If, 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 if J-Mo comes back and Amon Ra goes back, you still have a number one receiver. Yeah. The thing is he needs a number, a true number one receiver. I get it. Amon Ross Brown is playing well, but damn it. He's not a true number one receiver. So why don't you go out and get another quarterback who's an upgrade and have all those weapons to make it sure, even better. If he could upgrade, uh, we talked about this last week. If he could upgrade from golf, upgrade from golf. But you but absolutely here's, have to guys, upgrade Here's what golf. I'm trying to say, though. Ready? Like, Jimmy Garoppolo's cap at this year is $13.9 million. Jared Goff's cap at next year is going to be $30.1 million. 
They restructured his contract. They didn't, didn't they restructure his he contract. He took a massive pay cut, right? Okay. So if, if Jared Goff is willing to take a pay cut, he could be here. 30.1 million. No, get this, out of here. This argument is not to keep Jared Goff. This argument is that Jared Goff can play well. And the reason why he's playing bad is because he doesn't have a number one receiver. It's not necessarily number one receiver, but it's not necessarily number one receiver. It's it's like it's not necessarily it the decision. No, it's not, it's not always that. It's decision making. Even when he had guys healthy, the deep ball was not there. His deep ball actually is awful. His pocket, pocket awareness has nothing first, to do with number. Hold first, up, the, the first few weeks. I mean, you, hold you, up. You, Let me finish though. Pocket awareness has nothing to do with number one receivers. That's all on you. He has a good O line, and he's just sitting there, and he's he's getting sacked when he shouldn't be getting sacked. He can move up in the pocket and throw a ball. His deep ball is awful. He hasn't really hit on. I think the deepest deep ball is his like twenty six yards. That's yeah. nothing. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the guys they have now, not a lot of guys going out for the deep ball. Or when they see the deep ball, they get he lost. In, throw, they see they over, get lost. Malcolm, he overthrows them, bro. Yeah, they, what about the, the, the throw he threw to Josh Reynolds when Josh Reynolds got lost in cover? It got lost in, when the ball was in the air and he stopped running. I mean, this is, this, it, it happens. It's like he said, you put your hands up, it happens. You know, but that's like, okay, that's one play, but what about the I, other I, ones I get, he's missed? I, I get that. I get that. But what, what I'm trying to say is that if he has a number one receiver, he will play better. That's yeah. all. That's all it is. Is that he will play? He will play better. Like all the bad plays you got seeing now, it's like he will play better. As far as like he can win you games, like those games that are like, oh, Jared Goff put up zero points. He will give him a number of receiver. You won't put up zero points. I agree, but he's average, and I want to upgrade. It's yeah, up. it's, it's, if we can, it's, if, it's we, if we can upgrade in the offseason, damn it, do it. But if you're talking about Jacoby Brissett, that's not an upgrade. No, hell, bro, Jaco don't even. My, my argument Brissett with Jacoby Brissett was don't. is like that you can get a, a way cheaper quarterback. That was just you the argument. Way cheaper talking. quarterback with a, lo a way losing record. That's you what that's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to get a way cheaper you. quarterback with a way losing record. My, my point was you can't pay Jared Goff thirty million dollars. No, yes, take a pay cut. That thirty point one million is unacceptable, bro. Guys, guys, you think Jared Goff is going to go sit down at the table? And say pay me thirty million dollars. No, but that's his cap is. So they have to be like, look, we're either going to release you, or you're going to take a pay cut, or like, or they're going to replace him. Hopefully, that's, uh, that's what we yeah, want. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, either or, exactly. But Jared Goff knows he does. He's not worth thirty million dollars. What has Jared Goff done to to warrant that? Nothing. Uh, he, he, yeah. he worked. My point was that you can't pay Top Jared Goff thirty million. million. If he takes we, a pay cut, he takes a pay that. cut. That, I'm fine with that. that. Yeah, that's that's what we're trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if he takes that pay no, cut, no, we weren't talking about that. We're talking about his I'm play. Fine with that. We're talking about his play. And the, the thing what I'm trying to say is, like, everybody's like, oh, I can't do this. They'll see a bad play. I can't do this. I can't watch this no more. Get this guy off my team now. <laughs> That's the stuff I'm talking about. That's the nitpicky I'm talking about. I'm, like, I'm where, not at well, that I'm point saying, right now, though. Because well, every week, it's the same damn mistakes with this quarterback. Every week. They're not getting fixed. Every that, week. Well, that, again, who's out there right now? I don't care. I told you it doesn't have to do with the number one receiver. The pocket winners, what does it have to do with the receiver? That's what, that, that's what I said. Just wait. That's what I say. Like when those guys come in, and then and when those guys come in, and then now you're like, oh, Jerko had a great game. Oh, Jerko had a good game. Oh, Jerko got a good. I'm like, oh, but I'm not saying nothing. I'm just gonna put my hands up like this and be like, oh, I told you, and just sit like this. That's all I'm gonna do. He leads the league in turnovers since 2019. Actually, it's Matt Ryan that does that right now, buddy. Oh, it probably said 2019, but this year, yeah, it's Matt Ryan. Um, but yeah, Matt Ryan's been terrible. Yeah, Matt Ryan's been terrible. But uh, again, so, like, you're comparing a garbage can to a recycling bin. Again, guys, you're comparing a 37 <laughs> year old to a 28 year old. All, all I'm saying is that once Jared Goff has a legit number one receiver, he's going he can, to play well. And then when that good, happens, yeah. when that happens, you're going to say, 
Oh, Jared yeah, Goff yeah. had a really good game. We oh, know, Jared Goff had a really good game today. We know oh, it is, Goff, but we know that. But, but, but the one LA. second the guy deals with adversity, he's nothing. He can't I mean, carry it's, you. It's bad. I mean, shit. I mean, how many quarterbacks? How many quarterbacks can we say can not survive m- without a number one receiver? Not many, but that's why you have to upgrade that, from him. If you could uh, again, if you can upgrade from Jared Goff, by golly, do it. That's yeah. why I, I mean, we all said this. If you can do it, do it. Yeah. Lamar Jackson said, I want to come to Detroit. Shit, buy golf. Get out of here. I'll yes. pack his shit for him. Shit, I'll pick him up from the airport. <laughs> I'll, I'll, and I'll drop Jared Goff at the I'll airport. I'll pack his shit for him. You know, I'll, I'll wait and, I'll, and I'll take Jared Goff to his acting lessons in L.A. after what he showed me on Sunday for Chicago. <laughs> I, 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 was like, I was like, get out of here. You know, that's different. That's different. But, like, if it's not an immediate upgrade and Jared Goff can take a pay cut, I mean, everybody's going to lose their mind. Well, if it's a pay cut and you couldn't upgrade, because I, I, to be totally honest with you, I don't know how they upgrade, because they're not in position to draft them right now, because they're they're winning too many games. Uh, which I'm move, not saying that's bad. Unless, but, unless but they, they move up, and they move up, and it's they look. This rookie quarterback right now is going to give us the best chance to win the next two years. Because I think that's all Dan Campbell has. Maybe yeah. a year, maybe a year or two, depending on where they go this year. But Dan Campbell got to be sure whoever he drafts is going to be the better option. For the next two years for his job, because yeah, the new quarterback could be good for the future coach. But Here's, if they, they they lose any more games and lose next year, I mean, Dan Campbell's not going to be here. Here's the problem with the quarterback right now: you have the Raiders who are probably going to take the quarterback. Here's you the have the Texans who's probably going to, and you have obviously the Panthers. Like, bro, they, they bench Baker. They, they they put in PJ Walker. It looks like they're probably going to take a quarterback. And Detroit is kind of picking after those teams, right? Unless LA just continues to like stink it up or whatever. But I don't think I think the Lions are getting better. They are getting a little better, and that schedule doesn't really look as hard down the stretch. They're honestly. not picking top three. We're not with their. I don't think they're picking within the top three or like maybe top. I don't think they're in the top five right now so far. Not the with way their pick, playing. but the Rams are going to shit right now, so that's so possible. Who, who who's right now like the the projected to be like the, the top three teams? Uh, uh, I think Houston, it's Houston Raiders and Carolina in some order. Yeah, like yeah, those something Houston. is in that order somewhere. Like not in exactly in that order, but one of those three yeah. teams. Somewhere like Raiders. You think the Raiders are gonna draft a quarterback? I don't know what they do. That'll be interesting because maybe you could strike a deal with the Raiders. With Derek Carr. Or their pick. Oh, I was going to say their pick. I was going to oh, say their pick, but you're talking about Derek Carr. Derek Carr? <laughs> please, 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 oh. please. Because I know there's a lot of listeners right now that's confused on why you love Derek Carr so much. Um, please. Question. What are you willing to give up for Derek Carr? Second pick. What happened? Second. A second. Okay, so you, you backtracked it. I said Minute, a first or a second. Is it the Minnesota second or is it our second? Just a second in general. I don't care. Take a second. Now, that matters because that's like a late second versus an early second. That's a big difference. Just well, be like a late first. Just a se- like I'd be okay if they carry the lines one. That's now, like now, that's now, my. Now, now let's go into this Derek Carr thing. You say you wanted a truck. You believe Derek Carr is a truck. I think he is a guy who's gone through adversity, and when things are not going all well, he is good enough, just like Matthew Stafford, where he could carry your team and he could be fine. He carry could go them. through adversity and, and be fine. Carry carry them where? Uh, to winning games. <laughs> to winning <laughs> To winning games. You sound like my Jared Goff argument, man. <laughs> Malcolm, but to to be fair, like with Jared with Derek Carr though, he's had the same defense. Like I looked at the other day at Derek Carr's defense, 
It's basically like Stafford's defense. Derek Carr is Matthew Stafford in the West Coast. No, hold up, hold up. Slow death. No, 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 no. Stafford is a lot more talented. But I wouldn't say way more talented, but he's, he's Stafford's talented. What I'm going to say is, all right, you're talking about defenses being bad. Well, right now, Jared Goff is dealing with the worst defense probably in the history of No, but Jared Goff had a great defense in L.A., and we saw what he is. Yeah, but, I mean, people grow. I mean, we can't – play callers are different. What? I mean, uh, on, uh, uh, this is that's his ceiling, dude. Derek Carr's never been in a good situation in his life. All right, so Derek Carr, no playoff wins. Yeah. No he's Matthew wins. Stafford in the West Coast. Well, I know uh, Matthew Stafford in the West Coast. Okay, he, if he's no not Matthew he, – I would cl- say he's maybe Kirk Cousins in the West Coast or okay, Jimmy so, G in the okay, West Coast. So, so he's in right there in the average oh, category. I, so I, I, I don't think – I don't <laughs> think. I think – He's putting him right in the Kirk Cousins tier. There I don't know. I mean, hold up, hold up. That Kirk Cousins tier. Kirk Cousins playing out of his mind right now. We got to give him okay. respect. I don't think he's – I get that. I, I think Derek Carr so, is, is – In order for Kirk Cousins to get out of this Kirk Cousins tier, he would have to lead his team to the Super Bowl – to at least Super Bowl. Derek and Carr, right? Probably, no, I'm talking about Kirk Cousins. Oh, Cousins. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins want to get out of this whole tier of him being average, yeah. he could look all nice in the regular season and it goes to NFC Championships and it's it shit the bed like he does every single year. So in order for him to get out this tier, he has to elevate himself. But as far as Derek Carr, no playoff. We're talking about no playoff wins. So we, he has no playoff wins. We have no playoff wins. So, I mean, it's like a perfect marriage. I mean, you're talking about right now. Um, yeah, we'll break it together. Here's the thing. I like Carr, but I've been thinking about it lately, and also I've been seeing it the season he's had this year. Um, he is 2018 I'm, Matthew I'm, Stafford. I'm going, I'm going back and forth on Carr, honestly, but what you're going to pay him, and he's not mobile. I want a mobile quarterback, and he I want a young quarterback. He's not, he's not a statue. He's, I'm saying, like, he's not, like – I want when I mean mobile, I want a mobile quarterback, bro. Okay, he's not like, Kyler Murray. He's not running. Yeah, that, 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 that's, what, that, that's, that's what the that's what these guys want. So, they want one of those. He's he's 33 years old or 34 years old. So you're um, going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay him. He's going to want – He's, he's not taking a, he's not I mean, taking a pay The other day I was, like, having an argument about I want Derek Carr, but then, like, I went back and actually thought about it. You're going to have to pay him probably 35, 36, 37 million a year. For what four or five years? He's thirty-four years old for a team like Detroit. Uh I think I'm a pass under a car now. I, I know the other day I was on that train, but I actually it, thought it, about it, it real deep. Tyler, I think you got to look at it this way, man. You got to look at it this way. Yeah, he he went through some adversities, you know, with a lot of shit that's been going on with the Raiders and all that. Uh-huh. Now, if he's in Detroit and he has to deal with adversity as far as losing players off of injury because we injuries is like something that we but are he, addicted to. He's proved that he could win. He went to the playoffs last year with yes, no Henry Ruggs. Uh, D- Darren Waller was in and out of the lineup. Josh Jacobs is like, you know, all right. He went and, to the he had, and he had an interim head coach last year, and he won 10 games. They did. They did. No. Jared Goff is never doing that in his and life. And Damon Arnett what, like, what, basically what, went to jail in the middle of the year or some shit like that. What, what I'm saying is that how many playoff games can you confidently say that Derek Carr could win under adversity? Well, you're saying like he misses – if he's missing like a guy or two, like I, I think if it's in this situation, I think he could win with this team. Not uh, like – This team right here? I think with this offense right now, I think he'd be fine. Huh? Right now? We're talking about with uh, Tom Kennedy and yeah. – Who's the other guy who's buried? The Barry guy? Hey, don't that? talk about Wes Welker like that. No, I, with, I know you guys saw that. I, I think with Ben Johnson and with Amon Ross St. Brown and this running game and this offensive line, I think Derek Carr would look fine. Not great, but he would look fine. I think we're getting a little off topic uh, here. No, we're, we're actually not because this is this is the quarterback for the future we're talking about. We are, but like we we didn't really mention how the offense played. Like I want just to talk about one thing. We'll get back to the quarterback situation. You talking about from the game? From the game? From the game? Oh, go ahead, man. The run blocking was atrocious. 
against one of the worst D lines in football. They were, I saw PFF give all these guys like high grades. I'm like, what are they smoking? The run blocking was awful yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, I mean, it was, I don't know how they it, were that it, bad. It was that Jones guy. Whoever, I mean, bro, they all played bad. Let's be honest. Like, no, I'm, think, talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the Jones guy from the Chicago, Chicago Bears. He yeah, kept blowing up. He kept blowing up the plays, man. I he think it's every every run, like almost every running play. He blew it up and was in the back. I think it's Justin Jones, Pierre. But Justin um, Jones, I keep saying Dominic. Um, but yeah, Frank Ragno was rough yesterday, and the whole offensive line in general and run blocking was rough. And Bass Pro was fine. It was good. Bass Pro was great. Jared yeah. Goff had all day to throw. And run blocking, it was rough. Evan Brown wasn't really good. Ragnar Ragnow, was really good. I mean, Ragnow was wearing a boot in the big end of the game. Yeah, Penny Soul wasn't great. Um, nah, they were just – I think was, Jonah was the best one, honestly. But in general, they all struggled. Yeah, it was just one of those games. It's a little surprising, a little shocking. But, yeah, it wasn't great. And then another thing is, too, like we talked about guys stepping up. TK stepped up. Khalif Raymond stepped up. They got Amin Ra involved. And we – Tyler talked about the other day. I want to see Amon Ra like move him around, running back, put him on Jets, do all. They did that yesterday. They got the ball in their playmakers' hands, so that was nice to see. Ben Johnson got creative. Um, I'll say this: Swift. I, I don't think he should be playing, bro. Like, I feel like they're rushing him, then they're taking him in now, and it's just like messing with him. They should have just rested him up a few extra games and brought him back. They're rushing him, and he doesn't look the same. He just doesn't look the same. Not at all. And yeah, it's I'm not, like not, I'm not sure if it's because like, he just needs a few games under his belt to get back into that rhythm, or if he's just still hurt. I'm not sure which one it is, but whatever it is, man, yeah, it's not good right now. I mean, but both. I, I I don't I'm not too worried about it because I think he eventually is going to get back in his groove and, and start playing well again. So that's why I'm not too worried about it. You're saying this year? This year, yeah. I'm not worried either, but like I feel like also with running backs, like you can't just take three snaps and go. Like running backs, they need to like you know they, those snaps need to build up. You got like you got to get a few snaps in, and then go. But like yesterday, he had a play where like he ran like east and west instead of going north and south. Yeah, what oh, yeah, the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, he ran, he ran, yeah, he ran yeah, into the Dilly. defender. He ran Deuce into Daly, the linebacker. Yeah, Deuce Daly got his ass. If you look on the sideline, Deuce Daly really was pissed off. I mean, he him. went for a bear hug. Literally, he went for a bear hug. He could yeah, have just went straight got some extra yards. He ran yeah. into the Bears defender, literally ran right into him. Like, And I think that maybe comes with like not playing as much, not practicing as much. He's been limited here and there. Yeah. Um, he's he's maybe he's a little rusty still. I don't know that that shoulder's probably still bothering him. So I think it's a little of everything. But at the same time, dude, you got to know like that's the rule with running backs. You never run east and west. You run north and south. Yeah. Again, Deuce Daly, like you watch that play. Deuce Daly really got him on that on, right after that play. Took him out and put Jamal in and just pretty much <laughs> gave it to him. <laughs> as, as he should. And I feel like Sweats would probably be like, damn, he was right. Like, Yeah, he knows. He knows. Yeah. And, and then the very, like, a few drives after that, you know, he got the touchdown. So, I mean, it just is what it is. I think Swift would be all right. I think they, they could be trying to hold him out because – we do have some cold games coming up and outdoor. I'm pretty sure they're going to want to force that, like as far as like their game plan is going to be to run the ball. So maybe they're trying to keep them fresh for that. I, I don't know what I don't know what else they're trying to keep them fresh for. Uh, I was thinking about this. Like you basically have this week, and then you have a short week versus uh, like after this week you have Buffalo on a Thursday, right? You have a short week, so maybe it's kind of conserving him. I don't know. I really don't know, um, but that, that's a mini bye week, basically. That mini bye week, though, that's going to be huge for some guys. Uh, maybe we see Jamo back after that. Maybe we see, you know, 
Charth back after that. Maybe we see Kramer back after that. Uh, I know Romeo Quara was kind of like late season. Maybe you see Romeo around that. We'll see. But that's like the timeline for some of these guys to come back in that Jacksonville game later, a couple games after that. Yeah. No, but I thought Ben Johnson did a really good job of scheming the guys, man. He, he got really creative, like with St. Brown and Tom Kennedy. And, you know, they really just were eating that Bears zone defense. In the you mean Wes Walker? Wes Walker, yeah, or as Tyreek Hill would call him. <laughs> Yo, Tom Kennedy said, hey, chill out. That was funny, though. <laughs> no, but I thought Ben had a good game. He got creative. Um, it was fun to see. I love the play call. It was the fourth down, how they got Brock Wright going. They had Khalif Raymond in the flat wasn't there it was it was he was guarded but then brock wright went from blocking just goes right straight across and he's wide open for a touchdown great play call by ben yeah yeah, yeah definitely man yeah he, he definitely he, he came in there with a counter for everything that they were trying to do because they didn't even try playing some man and that's what they do, did in the second half and um you know ben johnson has some counters for that so that, that was good yeah the, the only knock i have on ben was the first drive in the second half. Uh, you know, you have the ball to start the half. It's a 10-10 game. You know, I want to see the offense come out with some juice, pass the ball, passing game's working. Comes out with three straight runs. I didn't really agree with that. You know, maybe just mix it up a little bit more, mix a pass in there on first sec- first down, second down, whatever you want to really do. But run, run, run to come out of the half, get a three and out. I, like, it just – that was kind of a momentum killer for us a little bit at that point. That's when we kind of fell into that big – lead you know chicago started to go into a big lead and you know got tough for detroit but you know and they fell they fell 14 points came back so yeah just a little i like to see a little different from ben johnson yeah i'm with you uh you guys want to get into our baller and oopsie yeah Yeah, all right pierre what do you got this week this is tough um, I'm going to give it to two players because I could. Okay. I'm going to give it to uh, Jeff Okuda and Aiden Hutchinson because I feel like those two guys helped each other out in that, in that pick. I feel like if Hutch didn't necessarily contain that edge, Justin Fields is running that, right? And Okuda took it to the house. And I feel like Hutch also has one, one of his best games as a line. I don't care what people say. He had a tackle for a loss. He had a sack. He was pressuring the quarterback. He was – even when he wasn't pressured, he was getting double teamed, and other guys were taking advantage of it, like Julian Aquara, for example, who had a good game, right? So Hutch had a big impact yesterday. Even when he wasn't necessarily making plays, other guys were winning their one-on-ones. I thought Kaminsky also played well, too, yesterday. So Akuda pick six, and Hutch just for playing an all-around good game. Yep. Yeah, they were good. And as Pierre would say, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Paula. <laughs> Wanna be a baller? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's it. Hudson and Jeff Akuda. That song was stuck in my head. I was listening to the last episode with Kirby. <laughs> wow. That song was stuck. It's in a head. great song, by the way. For those of you guys that don't listen to it, listen to it. It's a great Wanna song. Wanna be a it's baller a by Little Troy. <laughs> great song. Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie doopsie of the week. Oh, boo play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin this was tough you know because it was tough to really signal out one player because you know there was a lot of good there's a lot of bad lines defense had their their woes this game for sure gave up 30 points didn't force a punt this game 
So there was definitely some woes in this game from the Lions defense. So I'm going to focus on that side of the ball. And I'm going to give it to Kirby Joseph because I think his miscommunication was one of the biggest plays of the game. And I felt like after that point, that was probably going to be the ball game. And if that's in most Lions games, that's probably the ball game. Like after that big play, Cole Clement gets a touchdown. It's a two-score game going to the fourth quarter. You're, you're probably not coming back from that. So I thought that was a very crucial play at that point in the game. The Lions needed to stop pretty badly. They didn't get it. And that miscommunication costed them. But – like we said, Lions defense, Lions offense came back in that fourth quarter, just put it all together, and it worked. So it, it didn't end up costing the game. But in most case scenarios, it probably would. But if I had to nitpick, give it to one guy, it'd probably be Kirby Joseph because I couldn't really think of anyone else. I couldn't give it to Dan this week. and I, I agreed with everything he did this week. AG, you know, I think did what he had to do. And there's really no one else to focus on. I think Kirby Joseph was like the only big play I could think of that on time I had that that was kind of like a whoa, uh oh. So that's what I'm gonna give him the oops doops of the week. I'm not I have no disagreements with that. I feel like he, he was the worst player on the field yesterday. And that's gonna happen. He's a rookie, but like I still think he's gonna be a really good player in this league. I do but too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I do too. It is what it is. Hated to give it to him, but being fair here, um, don't think he'll end up in this in this topic very often. Don't there was one other person or unit that I give to. I thought the special teams and Jack Fox and Dreno just didn't have his best day yesterday in the yeah, special teams unit. Sure. But Jack wasn't great. That was probably his worst game. I seen. think it was probably his worst game as line for sure. Mm-hmm. So I think those two guys I was thinking of in the special teams unit in general. But all right. Well, hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Pride Podcast. Talking about a Lions dub, talking about a victory Monday here. We will be back later this week talking about the New York football giants, even though they don't play in New York. They play in New Jersey. So why are they call New York? I, I, I don't know. But I thought, well, when you were saying New York, I thought you were going to say, I don't know why I was thinking you were about to say New York next. I was say, well, what's going on here? No, the New York football giants. <laughs> That's all I was going to so we'll be talking about them, doing a game preview on them. So stay tuned for that. And then obviously Twitter spaces on Sundays, an hour before the game and immediately right after the game. So you guys can join us on that with some instant reaction. And leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. They're always much appreciated. And with that being said, I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'll see you guys later in the week. And I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. <laughs>